prophecies of the cross, the preaching of Christ crucified according to the scriptures, a new book by Pastor Timothy Fan, now available at GodCenteredUniverse.com. That is GodCenteredUniverse.com. O Sovereign Lord, as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so you, O Lord, surround your people, both now and forevermore. You will not allow the scepter of the wicked to rest permanently on the land of the righteous, lest the righteous turn their hands to iniquity. But, O Lord, we confess before you our sin. We bow in repentance and confess that our covenantal love towards you has been too much like the morning cloud, far too much like the dew on the grass. It has been fleeting, and by the time of the noonday sun, it is vanished. Though, Lord, you have promised to slay the wicked by the word of your prophets, to destroy your enemies by the word that proceeds from your mouth. You have said, O Lord, that you desire covenantal love and not sacrifice, more than sacrifice. And the knowledge of you, more than burnt offerings. And we pray, O Father, through the knowledge of Jesus Christ, crucified for sinners, risen from the dead, that we would render our covenantal love unto you because you are worthy and the Lamb is worthy and that we would know you, the living God, in the fear of your name. We pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen. This Lord's Day, the book of the prophet Zephaniah, chapter 2, and we will begin with verses 4 through 7. This is the word of the Lord. For Gaza shall be forsaken, and Ashkelon desolate. They shall drive out Ashdod at noonday, and Ekron shall be uprooted. Woe to the inhabitants of the seacoast, the nation of the Keratites! The word of the Lord is against you, O Canaan, land of the Philistines. I will destroy you, so there shall be no inhabitant 
The sea coast shall be pastures with the shelters for shepherds and folds for flocks. The coast shall be for the remnant of the house of Judah. They shall feed their flocks there. In the houses of Ashkelon they shall lie down at evening. For the Lord their God will intervene for them and return their captives. Thus far, the reading of God's holy word. And we trembled joyfully at it. God has appointed the coming day of judgment that will come upon all of the nations of the earth. All people shall see this great and dreadful day. The whole of earth, every high mountain and every distant island shall be summoned to the judgment on that day. This is not the day of reckoning for God's people Israel only. Rather, this is the day on which all men from all nations everywhere shall have to face God and be judged according to their works, such that the evil things that they have done will be fully exposed before His divine majesty. God will judge the secrets of men by Christ Jesus and all nations, even the coastlands of Canaan, shall have no escape on that coming day. Zephaniah 2, 5, again, Woe to the inhabitants of the seacoast, the nation of the Keratites, that is, the Philistines who initially came to Canaan from Crete. The word of the Lord is against you, O Canaan, land of the Philistines. I will destroy you, so there shall be no inhabitant. Again, however, this coming day of judgment shall extend far beyond the land of the Canaanites. It shall include all nations from Canaan to Moab and from Ethiopia to Assyria. Zephaniah 2.8 I have heard the reproach of Moab and the insults of the people of Ammon with which they have, re- they have reproached my people and made arrogant threats against their borders. And then verse 12 You Ethiopians also You shall be slain by my sword. And concerning the men of the great nation of Assyria in verse 13, and he will stretch out his hand against the north, destroy Assyria, and make Nineveh a desolation as dry as the wilderness. This judgment shall stretch from Ethiopia to Assyria. That is, it shall reach from the farthest south for Ethiopia was the mighty kingdom of the far south, to the farthest north, since Assyria was, with respect to the land of Israel, that powerful and dreaded kingdom that dwelt in the far north. The day of judgment shall encompass all nations of men everywhere, and it shall reach specific cities with God's specific judgments of doom with masterful, proclamatory detail when the mighty prophet prophesies in the fourth verse of the second chapter of the book of Zephaniah and says, For Gaza shall be forsaken and Ashkelon desolate. They shall drive out Ashdod at noonday and Ekron will be uprooted. 
he uses name rhyming to declare God's wrath against four specific cities of the Philistines. For the beginning syllable of Ashkelon is identical to the first syllable of Ashdod. And the name of the city of Gaza rhymes in Hebrew with the word forsaken. While the name of the city of Ekron is rhymed in Hebrew with the judgment of the city being uprooted. Ekron rhymes in Hebrew with uprooted. And this name rhyming as a proclamation of judgment upon the wicked cities of the earth is hard to put into our own language. But in today's English, using today's global cities of idolatry and wickedness, we might say that the prophet would prophesy something such as this. Paris shall perish. Hong Kong shall be long gone. And London shall be undone. On account of her multiplying of false gods, the Big Apple shall be demolished to the core. And on account of the filth of her fornications, the city of angels shall be visited by God's mighty angels of wrath. Thus not Judah only, but all nations shall be summoned to judgment on God's day of judgment, as it is written in the book of the prophet Joel, Joel 3, verse 2, I will also gather all nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat, and I will enter into judgment with them there on account of my people, my heritage Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations. They have also divided up my land. And who is this God who shall judge all nations in the fierceness of his fury and the burning anger of his wrath. Christ Jesus shall judge the earth and all kings shall fall down before him and all nations shall pay homage to him. For Christ shall judge among the nations and shall fill the places with dead bodies and shall shatter the heads of many countries. And so it is written In Revelation 15.4, Who shall not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy, for all nations shall come and worship before you, for your judgments have been manifested. No longer then shall today's nations of the earth be able to pretend that they are unaccountable to God. For they do seek to pretend this, even at the present moment. They gather in their political assemblies and promote their global agendas regarding education, technology, and wealth. And all the while pretend as if they are wholly independent of the God of the prophet Zephaniah. There is no reading aloud of the book of the prophet Zephaniah, verse by verse, beginning to end in the General Assembly of the United Nations or in the Central Committee of the Chinese Communist Party or in the United States Senate. There is no true fear of God before their eyes. 
Yet all nations of the earth are indeed highly accountable to God. For he he has scattered his own children amongst them. He has planted his own churches in their lands, on their native soils. The gospel has been preached to all nations. Therefore, on the day of judgment, the prophets and apostles will summon all nations before the thrones of judgment, and they shall cry aloud, and they shall say to them, You had true Christians, sons of the Most High God, living in your midst, and yet you refused to listen to them by refusing to repent of your idols? You had Bibles printed and distributed in your own languages, and yet you refused to repent of the filthiness of your sins before God? And then Christ's terrifying judgments shall be pronounced over them, and they shall be brought forward for sentencing, for everlasting sentencing in the unquenchable fires and blackened pits of hell. One by one, nation by nation, governor by governor, individual by individual, and there shall be total wrath and fire and destruction in their lands amongst the cities of the wicked. There shall not remain even a single inhabitant. It is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And the most dreadful thing shall fall upon the wicked nations of the earth, namely, that they shall hear on that great and dreadful day that the word of the Lord is against them. Zephaniah 2, 4-5 through For Gaza shall be forsaken, and Ashkelon desolate. They shall drive out Ashdod at noonday, and Ekron shall be uprooted. Woe to the inhabitants of the seacoast, the nation of the Keratites. The word of the Lord is against you. O Canaan, land of the Philistines, I will destroy you, so there shall be no inhabitant. The word of the Lord is against them. This warning ought to be heard as the most terrifying prospect that could ever fall upon any nation of the earth. More frightening than the, than the news of a coming unprecedented hurricane of destruction and more fearful than a personal encounter with a hungry lion or a city's encounter with a powerful, brutal enemy army. These few words, the word of the Lord is against you, ought to strike panic and horror into the heart of every living, breathing man on earth. For if the word of the Lord turns against a nation or even an entire assembly of nations, then the full fury of the divine wrath, God's wrath, is coming upon them. Isaiah 11, verse 4. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek 
of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips. He shall slay the wicked. And Isaiah 30, verses 30 through 31, the Lord will cause his glorious voice to be heard and show the descent of his arm and the indignation of his anger and the flame of a devouring fire with scattering tempest and hailstones. For through the voice of the Lord, Assyria will be beaten down as he strikes with the rod. God created all things by the word of his mouth, and therefore he has the sovereign right and authority to destroy the wicked and cast them into hell by that same word of his mouth. God is he who slays the evil men of the earth by his own word. He speaks and his word, even his word spoken through the mouth of his holy prophets, slays them. Jeremiah 1.10, See, I have this day set you, that is Jeremiah the prophet, over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. In Jeremiah 5.14, Therefore thus says the Lord God of hosts, Because you speak this word, behold, I will make my words in your mouth fire, and this people would, and it, that is the word of the Lord, shall devour them. And again, Jeremiah twenty three twenty nine Is not my word like a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces? And then from the prophet Hosea, Hosea chapter 6, verse 5, Therefore I have hewn them, by the prophets, I have slain them by the words of my mouth. God uses his word to judge all nations. That is, when the word of Christ is against the nations, they shall be destroyed by it and consumed by it. For this word of the Lord is poised to pour out mighty bowls of wrath upon all of the nations of the earth. Revelation 10, 10 through 11. Then I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it. And it was as sweet as honey in my mouth. But when I had eaten it, my stomach became bitter. And he said to me, you must prophesy again. That is, proclaim God's word of judgment and wrath upon many peoples nations, tongues, and kings. Oh, what a frightful thing it is to learn of this being proclaimed in the hearing of the nations. The word of the Lord is against you. Oh, what a dreadful thing it would be for the Spirit of God to say to you as an individual, O listener, the word of the Lord is against you. And yet men today no longer tremble at such a prospect. Instead, they mock Christ by mocking both his blood, which he poured out on the cross for the forgiveness of sins, and also his word of warning, which he even this very day issues to them. 
Just as wicked men in the ancient world scoffed at Noah when he prophesied to them of the coming torrential rains of wrath and invited them to join him on the ark, the construction of which he was just then finishing, so too do all men today scoff at the severity of this warning. The word of the Lord is against you. They do not fear the word of Christ. Therefore, they have no fear of it being against them. Yet you, O listener, need not be so foolish as these. You may even this day hear this word and tremble at it rightly with great fear and repentance before God. For if the word of the Lord is against the nations of the earth, then it shall fall upon them with terrors at the judgment, much like the fire that fell from heaven and devoured the whole of rich, lascivious Sodom and Gomorrah in a single hour. And the word of the Lord is indeed against all of the money lusts and fornications and anti-Christ homosexual unions and transgenderisms of the hopelessly debased nations of this earth. Repent then, O listener, while it is still called today. Do not die in your sins and thus find the word of the Lord to be against you on the day of judgment. For if such shall be the case, you will face indescribable punishments in hell. It would be the most terrible thing for you to hear upon your death these words, the word of the Lord is now against you everlastingly. Instead, dear listener, Let your heart and soul fear the word of the Lord and so repent at the hearing of it this day. Let Christ Jesus, the fully divine Son of God, the Word who became flesh and dwelt among us, be for you the Lamb of God who was slain in order to receive the punishments for your sins in your stead on your behalf. Let his sinless righteousness be reckoned unto you by faith so that Christ in you, the hope of glory, may take away your filthy garments of sin and clothe you in his own robes of righteousness, making you holy and blameless on the day of judgment. For God in Christ has loved you and given the blood of his only begotten Son on the cross as the redemption price for your sinful soul. Therefore receive him by receiving his word of promise. And when you receive him, he shall plant his word of grace in your heart by his Holy Spirit and make you new and crucify your desire to sin and create in you a hunger and thirst for righteousness and so sanctify you through many trials and sufferings that you shall be ready and prepared to stand unashamed before Him on the day of reckoning. Therefore, O precious listener, turn away from your evil ways and turn to Christ 
and be saved from this wicked generation, such that the word of the the Lord shall no longer be against you, but for you. Since God shall no longer be against you, but for you. But why is the word of the Lord against the nations? For what reason is his word against them? This is in part due to their mistreatment of his own children. They reproached his beloved children, and so his word is against them. Zephaniah 2, 8 through 10. I have heard the reproach of Moab and the insults of the people of Ammon with which they have reproached my people and made arrogant threats against their borders. Therefore, as I live, says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, surely Moab shall be like Sodom and the people of Ammon like Gomorrah, overrun with weeds and salt pits and a perpetual desolation. The residue of my people shall plunder them and the remnant of my people shall possess them. This they shall have for their pride because they have reproached and made arrogant threats against the people of the Lord of hosts. In the ancient world, who would dare to slander and mistreat the offspring of a king? Would this not bring upon such a one an immediate sentence of death? How much more then shall the Lord God of hosts repay those who reproach his beloved sons and daughters? Young David knew this. He exclaimed in the hearing of all men that for Goliath the Philistine to reproach the armies of Israel was for him to bring upon himself the wretched curse of one who in essence had reproached the living God himself. 1 Samuel 17, 26, Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should reproach the armies of the living God? A mother bear is zealous for her cubs. A female lion is not indifferent to one who would attack one of her own cubs. In the same manner, the Lord our God is wrathful towards those who would hurt his own children. Proverbs 14.31 He who oppresses the poor reproaches his maker, but he who honors him has mercy on the needy. And yet the wicked have reproached God's people. They have slandered and maligned and persecuted even unto death the very people who belong to the Lord. 
Psalm 44, 13 through 16, you make us a reproach to our neighbors, a scorn and a derision to to those all around us. You make us a byword among the nations, a shaking of the head among the peoples. My dishonor is continually before me and the shame of my face has covered me because of the voice of him who reproaches and reviles because of the enemy and the avenger. In Psalm 74, 10, O God, how long will the adversary reproach? Will the enemy blaspheme your name forever? Yet if the anger of the Lord Almighty is aroused on account of the wicked who reproach His chosen people, how much more shall it be awakened when those reproaches are aimed at Christ Jesus, the very Son of the Father? Psalm 69, verse 9, Because zeal for your house has eaten me up, and the reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen on me. Unless we think that this psalm does not apply to Christ himself, we read in Romans fifteen three, For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. Our call then is to share in the fellowship of Christ's sufferings and thus to bear the reproaches of the wicked which he himself in all meekness bore. We are the holy children of Christ and thus are the beloved of God in Christ. Yet the wicked who hate Christ hate us also. And thus as they reproach Christ, so too do they reproach us with all manner of slanders false accusations, insults, and threats. Hebrews 13, 13, Therefore let us go forth to Him outside the camp, bearing His reproach. Zephaniah says that although the Philistines reproach the children of Israel, there will come a judgment, a day of recompense, and on that day the Philistines will be destroyed. But the children of Israel will make the former seacoasts of the Philistines a place of pasturage, so that the Israelite shepherds will have folds for their flocks there. Likewise, since the people of Moab reproach God's people, uttering all kinds of reproaches and threats against the children of the Lord of hosts, there will come a day, a day of judgment, when Israel will plunder Moab and the remnant of God's people will possess the territories of Moab. So then, dear brethren in the Lord, let us patiently bear the reproaches of our enemies in the gospel. When they insult us, despise us, and falsely speak all kinds of evil against us because of our devotion to Christ's righteousness, let us bear it faithfully and lovingly, repaying evil with good and praying for their repentance, knowing that vengeance belongs to our God, and that He shall repay with everlasting affliction those who trouble us in this life of many tribulations. For on the day of judgment, those who, without repentance, have scorned us and reproached us, shall be ashamed and dismayed 
when their sins against us are laid bare before the court of the divine throne. At the same time, we shall be vindicated and glorified in Christ since he who loves us will turn our reproach into honor, our suffering into a crown of righteousness and our weeping endurance into a joyful, everlasting rest. However, God's coming wrath against all of the nations of the earth is primarily God-centered. That is, although He shall repay with wrath those who reproach His beloved children, His wrath shall come upon them primarily on account of their dishonoring of His holy name. That is to say, their idolatries and their blasphemies are the primary causes of His coming wrath. Zephaniah 2, 11-15 The Lord will be feared by them, for He will reduce to nothing all the gods of the earth. So there's the sin of idolatry. People shall worship Him, each one from His place, indeed all the shores of the nations. You Ethiopians also, you shall be slain by My sword. And he will stretch out his hand against the north, destroy Assyria, and make Nineveh a desolation as dry as the wilderness. The herd shall lie down in her midst. Every beast of the nation, both the pelican and the bittern, shall lodge on the capitals of her pillars. Their voice shall sing in the windows. Desolation shall be at the threshold, for he will lay bare the cedar work. This is the rejoicing city that dwelt securely, that said in her heart, I am. And there is none besides me. So there is the sin of blasphemy with the nations claiming to be God. How she has become a desolation, a place for beasts to lie down. Everyone who passes by her shall hiss and shake his fist. Why shall all of the nations of the earth come under God's righteous wrath on the day of judgment? This is primarily a matter concerning God's glory as God and His refusal to share that glory with the wicked idols of the nations. Isaiah 42 verse 8, I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory I will not give to another, nor my praise to carved images. Moreover, God who is thrice holy and thus who cannot share His eternal divine glory with another abhors the sin of blasphemy. For blasphemy seeks to exalt the creature above the Creator and thus seeks to destroy the created order and the nations and Babylon especially are guilty of this sin of blasphemy. Isaiah 47, 8-9, through 
This is Babylon speaking. Therefore, hear this now, you who are given to pleasures, who dwell securely, who say in your heart, I am, and there is no one else besides me. I shall not sit as a widow, nor shall I know the loss of children. But these two things shall come to you in a moment, and in one day, the loss of children and widowhood. They shall come upon you in their fullness because of the multitude of your sorceries for the great abundance of your enchantments. So what then shall become of Babylon and all of her blasphemies of claiming to be herself immortal and invincible? Jeremiah fifty thirty one through 32 Behold, I am against you, O most haughty one, says the Lord of hosts, for your day has come, the time that I will punish you, The most proud shall stumble and fall, and no one will raise him up. I will kindle a fire in his cities, and it will devour all around him. And as the New Testament describes the blasphemies of the nations of the earth, even as they are under the blasphemies of the global kingdom of Babylon, Revelation 17, 3-6. So he carried me away in the Spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast, which was full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, having in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the filthiness of her fornication. And on her forehead a name was written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I marveled with great amazement. And what shall become of blasphemous Babylon? Revelation 18, 4 through 8. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins and lest you receive of her plagues, for her sins have reached to heaven. And God has remembered her iniquities. Render to her just as she rendered to you and repay her double according to her works in the cup which she has mixed, mixed double for her in the measure that she glorified herself and lived luxuriously. In the same measure, give her torment and sorrow for she says in her heart, I sit as queen and am no widow and will not see sorrow. Therefore, her plagues will come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she will be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judges her. Oh, how global Babylon has built her towers so very tall. And oh, how wonderful it shall be for us, the saints, when Christ returns to see each one of them fall. What a glorious appearing our Christ shall have on that day. For the nations of the earth have blasphemed, saying, We are, and there is none besides us. Yet Christ shall rule them with an iron scepter. He shall dash them to pieces like pottery. His own word shall be against them. 
for out of his mouth shall proceed a sharp double-edged sword, and with that sword he shall strike all of the nations of the earth. He shall make Babylon a desolation, a place for wild beasts to lie down, and all who pass by and see her demise shall hiss and shake their fists. And oh, how the pelican and bittern shall sing over her judgment. And oh, how the angels and saints in heaven shall rise up and sing for joy over her fall. For heaven is not heaven only because in heaven there are no more food shortages and no more health insurance premiums. Instead, the wondrous promise of the kingdom of heaven is that in God's kingdom there shall be no more idols and no more blasphemy. All who are true citizens of the kingdom of heaven shall worship Christ alone. He shall have no rivals. For in that day it shall be said, The Lord is one, and His name one. And in that day, all of the elect of God shall arise, and shout and sing with one accord, together with all of the holy angels of God, Christ the Lord is ruler of the nations. Christ our God is king over all of the earth. And so our reproach shall be turned into everlasting singing and joy. And there shall be no more curse but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall abide in the new Jerusalem, the heavenly Mount Zion. And we, his servants, shall serve him there and we shall see his face and his name shall be on our foreheads. Time everlasting, daylight never fading, Christ's love unceasing, world without end. Amen. As we now close and return again to the Lord's table this morning, we come enduring reproaches for the sake of Christ, even as He bore the reproach of the cross for us, for the forgiveness of our sins against Him. Before we come, here is the doxology. Praise be to God our Father, who shall summon all of the nations of the earth to his holy court of judgment. Praise be to our Lord Jesus Christ, who will not give his glory to another, 
nor his praise to idols. And praise be to the Holy Spirit who helps us to endure the painful reproaches of the cross, carrying us onwards towards the day when our reproaches shall be turned into crowns of glory, dedicated to the King of glory. Amen.